we are doing a, a variation of our four questions journalist spotlight since I decided that the typical questions I asked just seemed a little not quite right for for where we are right now so you know as with anything things evolve so I thought I'd uh, try a, a little bit different different tack and uh, Virginia Prescott here is with me with uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting and she's going to be my guinea pig and uh, I'm sure this will be fun we're just going to talk a little bit and uh, we'll see we'll see where this goes but uh, I, I wanted to kind of start out by well, let, me, let me give you a chance just kind of introduce yourself and tell our our viewers what you're what you're doing over there at GPB. Um, besides being your guinea pig, Mitch, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, host, <laughs> I host On Second Thought for GPB, and we have also been doing a series, it's a web video series, which has been new for me in radio, it's called What You Need to Know Coronavirus, and it's not just me, but it's other hosts and reporters at GPB talking about specific issues that feel kind of relevant in the moment, um, and I've also been doing a series uh, with the Atlanta History Center, their virtual, their author talks, of course, got wiped out the entire schedule so we're doing virtual author talks um which is strange and interesting and fun but we're all adapting in our own way right yeah so so good in talking about adapting uh, you're in a little bit different setting than you usually are <laughs> talk about how you you have uh, kind of transitioned your the technology and your and your physical location well, right now I'm in the Skype or Zoom setting, uh, the video setting. In in the audio setting, I have actually taken a four-poster bed and strewn quilts over it to give me some sort of sound buffer and insulation. It and I posted a picture of it, and people say it looks like, uh, you know, I dream of genie's den or some kind of pillow fort or worse, um, depending. But that. That, it looked very uh, very relaxing. It is very relaxing, but it's hard to sit there for a long time. You need a desk, so I've, I've realized that I have to move around a lot, and that's one of the things. I'm sort of uh, migrating from one space to the next in order to get my work done and be out of, you know, my partner is here, and he's got his own life and makes a lot of his own noise. Um, so at first I was downstairs in uh, the, the space that we live in is an old grocery store, but that's a really live room with brick. Uh, it's a little cold and damp, too, so I went for comfort because there are so many comforts that have been taken away from us. Well, I, I saw that space that with all the brick, and that, that's a very cool looking space. And in any case, uh, very, very funky. Uh, are you not using that for a video? Sorry, this is better for video? It's, it's too dark. I looked like uh, there's a video. <laughs> I look like I'm in a horror film uh, with one of them that I was watching. And that's a whole interesting thing, you know, to see myself on video. I, I you know, have to think about putting on lipstick before I do it. And... Um, when you get to a certain age, you think about your lighting a lot differently than you might have in the past. And one of the reasons I love radio is it's just about the voice. You know, it's about the kind of pictures people create in their heads when they're hearing something. So it is a whole different ball game. But it's been a big learning curve, but a, a great thing to learn, obviously. So what kind of stories have you kind of been telling lately that are a little bit different or have really kind of resonated for you? Well, you know, we normally don't do things that are right on the news. You know, it's the second thought. It's the pausing, stepping back a little bit from the headlines to look at the way that people think and approach ideas and, and giving a space for people to talk about those ideas. But it feels really, it just didn't feel relevant to be doing things like, uh, you know, book interviews on an author that was coming into town a month ago. Now it feels, I think, a little bit different. 
So we were trying to kind of talk through how people were experiencing this in their own way. Um, we did a, 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 an interesting segment that we got a lot of good feedback for on memes, you know, how meme culture has kind of created a sense of connection and a way of looking at what's going on, sometimes satirizing, sometimes reinforcing, sometimes just giving people something to laugh at that we got a lot of good feedback on. And uh, also a conversation about beauty. You know, people are reverting to their natural state. Beards are not getting trimmed. Hair is not getting cut. Roots are going gray. And how that uh, changes people's sense of identity, whether or not they feel like, well, no one's looking, you know, I don't need to dress. Or do they dress up and present themselves to the world in a different, or get up every day and do their old routines just so they'll feel normal. And it's a, a range, like in all things. But it was a really interesting conversation. And then, of course, you know, people who are actually doing good works to help other people during the virus, like um, helping mamas, you know, uh, delivering diapers to people across Georgia or using people enlisting their help to uh, d deliver diapers and things that people need, baby formula and that kind of thing, which is the, the need for that has skyrocketed. So trying to represent a lot of that. And, and of course, trying to be Georgia and not, not necessarily Atlanta, right? Right, and that, that's part of our mandate, but we also, you know, we're all living in an information economy where ideas come from everywhere. So we um, don't necessarily say we're only covering Georgia, but things that matter to Georgians, I think, is the way that, that, that we would probably define it. Or, you know, people who are coming into Georgia, uh, like I interviewed Billy Bragg just today, and he's he's going to be doing a Zoom event, uh, sort of like this one next week. Yeah, I had a reporter I tried to... Uh... Uh, FaceTime video yesterday, and uh, she responded with the text and said, "I'm not, I'm not in a position to do that right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a bathrobe. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm setting up my interviews for later. I'm not. I'm not broadcast ready yet. I said, works for me. <laughs> I have to say." That's one of the things that's been interesting about this is sort of creeping on people's home spaces. You know, that, that that's kind of a little bit of that beauty idea or the self-care idea that you are letting people into seeing you when nobody's watching, generally, and now everybody's watching. So that's been an interesting dynamic to see develop. And and you're seeing the, the children and the spouses and the pets, which I, I think is not, it's not a bad thing. It's, you know, I don't want to say it's humanizing, but it kind of shows more a little more of a personal side to to reporters, and I think people I think people like that. Uh, so what's what's yeah? The, I think it's interesting. I remember. Um, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I remember years ago there was this BBC reporter. I think he was reporting from like Hong Kong or something like that. And in the middle of his sit-down report in his office, like his kids, his two little kids come running into the office, and the mother comes frantically, you know, arms flying everywhere, trying to gather the kids and get them out right. of there. And you know, of course, it went hyper viral, and everybody started seeing that because it was so abnormal. But now this is another one of those things that may be becoming normalized in its own way. I've seen a lot of you know morning morning anchors uh, you know said oh here's here's my daughter and they put their daughter on their knee while they're finishing up the segment you know that that kind of thing uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah as long as you're nor getting, do I as long as you're getting it done all right so what's the funniest thing that's 
that's that you you've seen that's happened to you in the last couple of weeks. Oh my goodness, uh, there have been so many ridiculous. You know, like starting an interview and the garbage truck comes by, or you know, a siren or something like that. The things that we don't normally think about when we're in the studio. But I would say. One of my early ones was uh, Usha Ratcliffe. She's a professor at Goizueta. Um, in fact, uh, I think you helped me find her, uh, quite yeah, honestly. Yeah. But there was a lot of troubleshooting. She had her earbuds in, and she couldn't hear me at first. And, you know, so there was a lot of sort of backing and forthing until we could finally get it right. And this was on Skype, and I didn't – after all we'd gone through, I wasn't really looking at – exactly the placement of her face on the screen and after I got the recording you know it's like you can see her nose like this most of the time and thank goodness she was able to do it again but one of the even uh, goofier ones or more mortifying ones was I was about to set up it was the first time I'd used Zoom I had been using Skype but I was setting up for an interview with the state fiscal economist Jeffrey Dorfman and we were doing a run-through with my producer and I couldn't get that background off of the screen that has the beach scene, you know, with the palm tree and the hammock. And, right, right. you know, I was just sort of trying to figure out how to do it. And I was about to talk with him about the record, you know, tragic number of unemployed people uh, who had filed for unemployment in the last week, I think, at that time. And, you know, looking like I was on the set of a Jimmy Buffett video, and I was just mortified. But we did fix it, like, really seconds before he called in. So that got Yeah, I, I am not convinced that virtual backgrounds are the way to go, necessarily. I, <laughs> I've had a couple of clients drop a couple into interviews, and you know, sometimes their head looks like it's about to explode, and sometimes <laughs> the background doesn't look quite appropriate. So we've been having some conversations about that. I, and I, and I do appreciate you. We were talking earlier about lighting, and I, I do appreciate that. I, I haven't quite gotten my lighting perfect yet, but uh, a, a work in progress. So, but, there's, uh, a reason, there's a reason television professionals get paid a whole lot of money for doing this kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I know it. I know it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get – I'm not trying to get here, but I'm trying to get kind of the, maybe here, right, right here. <laughs> so, like, so I'm adequate. Uh, so uh, – but kind of last question, what's what's been the most challenging thing about working for you during this pandemic, other than the the working at home part with your partner, who's probably trying to do his own thing, too? Right. I think I think it is the isolation. You know, I get a lot of energy from being in a newsroom where you know what it's like. There's a lot of clatter and noise and people right. are talking back and forth to each other. And. And it's not just the sitting in news meetings or having those kind of cubicle conversations, but it is, you know, when you're dropping dishes off in the kitchen or waiting in the microwave line that you can have these conversations that go somewhere or, you know, late afternoons where you're all kind of exhausted and you get a little loopy and somebody says, did you see that? And then it can turn into an idea. I get an awful lot of energy around that kind of stuff. Um, but I have to say, you know, like, seeing the output that we've been doing online, seeing the kind of breadth and depth and range of stories that people at the GBB newsroom have been doing, it's made me so proud to be a part of a team that has figured out how to cobble together and how to um, do assignments differently and, and, and talk to each other about things differently and actually provide the most possible information at a time when we're all in our own thing. We're all going through our own isolation but the service, the public service that they are, that we are all 
abiding by of giving information to people so that they can make their own good decisions has been um, a really valuable and proud thing for me. That's great. Well, I appreciate it. I, I, uh, we've been talking with Virginia Prescott. Let's see, Virginia. So let's give the uh, where to find me uh, kind of message here. So let's see sure your show, your show airs what time and day we're on, we're on, on GPB, uh, the stations all across the GPB network on Friday morning at 11 a.m. to noon. And then they run the show again on Saturday morning at 7 and then Sundays at 11. And we can be found at OSD Talk on Twitter. We have a Facebook group and we're also on Facebook for On Second Thought. So you can find us there. I'm at Virginger, don't ask, on Twitter as well. <laughs> And and the special segments you're talking about, those are those are on the website. Yes, so, and, yes and sorry that, about that. Gonna... I should should mention that. This is the What You Need to Know Coronavirus series. Yeah. You can go to gpb.org slash virus for those. And the Atlanta History Center has all of those author talks that I've been doing. Excellent. Virginia, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Mitch. Thank you.